Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Secret Stories from the Underground. What's going on, Dean? Oh, you know, another day in paradise. No, it's Nebraska. Well, yeah, you know, everybody's got a different version of paradise. <laughs> Yours is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say this is my paradise. Turn around and go home, everybody. It's not what you thought. It's not for everyone. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No, it's getting colder. Christmas is getting closer. Everything sucks. Everybody's excited for that. Everybody sucks. <laughs> the holidays are here. Nature's turning against the holidays as well. If uh, if you thought the liberals were trying to cancel Christmas, you just see what nature's trying to fucking do right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit's getting real, man. Shit's getting real. Y'all didn't believe in that global warming, that liberal fucking... <laughs> libtard bullshit well yep. guess what guess what nature now we have tornadoes in the winter motherfuckers <laughs> thank you now we get christmas tornadoes yeah you, you know what's good well, about losing crazy. power in the oh. summertime is you don't freeze to death typically yeah. <laughs> it's a little harder at least that's yeah. for sure uh yeah uh, th this shit is getting real yeah yeah yeah, how long did you go without power? Uh, two days. That's nice. Yeah, you know, it's beautiful this time of year. Yeah, there's nothing better than you, that. Your pipes didn't freeze or anything, though. No. You got lucky there. No. Good yeah, thing. yeah. my landlord got lucky because I don't own this bitch. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I told him the last time the pipes froze was, I don't own this bitch. Oh, so who do we... This was, uh, we're talking a way <laughs> Dean knows how to set him up, man. Knows how to set <laughs> him up. a hell of an Yes, yes, Dean. Today we have Wayne McFarlane on yeah. the show. Great author. Uh, yeah. Oh, he was a fun chat. Such a good guy. Yeah. Uh, this guy put out my kind of book. Yes. Which is, is just uh, humor and, and good stories. And you know? there, it's true stories. Um, you really can, like, so, you know, reading through the, the chapter titles and that, they all sound very entertaining, and they just, they sound like separate reads within themselves. You can just pick it up, kind of pick something to read. As he kind of described in that to us there, that it's uh, the perfect book for bathroom reading. Yep. Just randomly pick it's a, a, a book. chapter, pick up pages, whatever. And it's a book to poop to. Good pooping material. Yeah, um... Which, you know, I mean, let's be honest, there's enough of that Harry Potter shit and oh, all yeah, that well, other you know, stuff out in the world. We don't need that. We need good pooping no, books. Well, yeah, you can't. You'll die. Yeah. You can't sit in the bathroom and read a fucking Harry Potter book. <laughs> and if you can, God damn it, go get a fucking colonoscopy Somebody's going to have to help you get off yeah. that toilet after you're done with a chapter. Fucking God damn it. You're going to be stuck. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. Or my butthole. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need some help. Yeah, so uh go search Wayne McFarlane. Wayne D. McFarlane. Uh in the Amazon D. app or anywhere where books are sold, I believe. Tales from the Day, right? Tales from the Day. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah, just yeah, some just Good. different stories throughout his life. Um, you know, just Good real life experience of just the the crazy shit that you know. I think we all have those stories in our lives of just those good handful of stories that are unique to us that most people oh you know no that's bullshit. There's no way 
well, here, Wayne wrote a book about all that stuff that he experienced in his life, and I think it's a cool idea, you know, it's a good, just compilation of things, it's not a dramatic life story that, I was born on a Tuesday, it was a rainy day, and it was, you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh. <laughs> I was thinking about writing a book similar to this. I like the way that he named his chapters. I think I'm going to do the same you thing. I think like the day uh, our dad stole our mother's car. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Uh, you know, fucking funny yeah, things. The day mom tried to run, run dad over. Yeah, real funny <laughs> things. You know, things that just jump out to you as you're reading. Yeah, you know, like, oh, and honestly, what's great about it, too, that I, I, I really thought with it, that I liked with it, is that you don't have to worry so much about your timeline. Like, oh, you know, if I can wait, no, this happened first, I happened, like... Yeah. I mean, you don't have to... It might be nice if, uh, once you've finished with all your chapters, if you eventually put it in some sort of order, but, you know, as you're writing, you don't have to worry so much, like, oh, fuck, I, I can't do this now, I'll have to go back and change this or this, fucking... No, just write a different fucking... One story, one chapter doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the next. Yeah. Which no, I, I, well, yeah, attention spans as well. Well, yeah, when you're, because yeah, if you're just gonna tell funny stories, that's yeah. great. But like, if if not, then it almost turns into just like a full blown autobiography, yeah. and then you know that's not a pooping book. Wow. You know, you can't necessarily just get through that quickly. You know. Well, yeah. So Dean, yeah. yeah. What do we have coming up? We got some shit on the list. Um, well, we got some things to poop to. <laughs> um, well, fuck. Well, we got a show coming up tomorrow night. Or so, actually, well, wait, no, it won't not be tomorrow by night. The time people hear this, no, tonight. This will have been tonight. <laughs> if you are listening to this tonight, we are at the Down Under. It's amazing. <laughs> If you're listening to this tonight, as in tonight being... No, they know what I mean. Tomorrow, yeah, as they, in it being yeah. the Monday the 20th. Monday, Monday, <laughs> Monday, Monday, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, Monday the 20th, we are at the Down Under. Monday, downtown Monday, Monday. Omaha, Leavenworth Street. Come rock out with your cocks out. In or not. Or badges, too. I don't care. Wear what, a mask, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we want to... It's a fun little guessing game that we're doing at our shows now. <laughs> Guess that wiener. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll be at the Down Under tomorrow night. Great cast of people. Funny uh, comedians. And there's a couple that suck. Not so funny, but most of them are funny. <laughs> Any uh, particularly? <laughs> nope, not going there. Uh, you'll f- I'll point them uh, out to you. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> I'll tell you, come see my buddies, uh, Bill Queen and Tony Geist. They never disappoint. <laughs> so... Um, uh, so then, otherwise, we play in uh, a whole band show in Lincoln. We have a whole band? Right. A whole band? Well, as as a, an entire band. What? Not the uh, acoustic act. What the fuck? Where at, Dean? Don't tell me it's yeah. anywhere else but the 1867. Well, you're in luck, then. <laughs> Good God damn it. I am so happy. Now... Uh, don't, don't ask me exactly when it is. I'm hoping you actually January twelfth. There we go. Tickets on sale now. Fifteen bucks in advance. Uh, Hit us up for those. Inhumane conditions, right? 
Wild runs Mostly. will not make it. <laughs> Due to some digestive issues. <laughs> yeah. Wild, wild, wild runs is still off the show. Um, oh, fuck. But yes, 15 bucks. We'll be at the 1867 again. This time we're going to play three songs. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to really speed through the set this time. See, I, you know, there's it's really, a, there's irony in this. There really is. Because the irony is, is fucking, we did this to ourselves. <laughs> That's what the irony is. We did uh, this to ourselves. That's why, you know, at the end, when I want to be mad at, we only get to play four songs. We did this to ourselves, because we're playing fucking places that <laughs> goddamn gangbanged us for years. So, uh... Come see us. It, <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to be back. <laughs> Appreciate you inviting us back. Uh, yeah, in inhumane condition <laughs> with macabre, macabre, macabre. It's that... got it's got to be your and cobbler, Macla- macabre, crucidist. Make your I fucking like, you know, Jesus Christ! What is wrong with you, motherfuckers? Like, I'm gonna call you guys out. You guys have been in the business longer than us. <laughs> Make a fucking logo that people can read. It, I'm on the show. I don't even know who you guys are. Crucidist. Yeah, love them guys. Crucidist. Fifteen you bucks. Know, it probably has a really cool meaning in that too. I just like I, I don't. Is it? <laughs> Maybe it's. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's, we just don't read so good. <laughs> Where'd he go? You pissed me off now. Now I'm pissed. Thanks a lot. 15 bucks. Come see a bunch of bands that we can't fucking pronounce. Either you got, your band name sucks or you just made me feel stupid. Either way, I'm fucking upset about it. <laughs> Fuck you, Abigail Williams. I know <laughs> I know where you motherfuckers are at tonight. <laughs> I think I forgot about you. <laughs> Oh, so we we do have a nice podcast roster and that that we've had, and a lot of a lot of good episodes going to be coming out. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. And uh, tune in for more on that. You'll see. Yeah, we're trying to filter out the crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the trash we get around here, you know, trying to filter it out. Yeah, no, it's been it's been cool though that you know I mean hell we've been. been it's been a blast. Uh, been getting hammered with messages and requests and that people want to be on the show. Yeah, we're technically... We're, uh, we've become a hot commodity lately. We've, but... We're technically um, recorded up until next year. Well, we, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the year is covered. We we could tell you, I guess, the things that... Oh, we've got interview schedules like coming crazy. Coming down the yeah, pipe. Like, so, yeah, you folks are in for some primetime fucking entertainment. <laughs> Yes, your your uh your boys are doing the work here. Yeah, <laughs> doing the work. I'm not a slacker. <laughs> no, I just got an email from a from I'm a guy <laughs> from a guy who wants to be on the show, and he said he he loves the show, even if we don't book him, he's still a fan. Which that was very sweet of you, and honestly, I don't know if you're getting booked. See, no, that, I, I'll test that. Just <laughs> tell him no, and then message him a week later. We're like, ah, you know, that, we were just kidding. I wanted to see if you were, if you were an asshole or not. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you for listening. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got so many countries that we're being listened to, and uh, we'll never come see you guys. Uh, what kind of trees? 
countries. <laughs> a lot of cunts. <laughs> uh, there were there were them tree cunts over there. Um, oh, where do you get one of them trees? <laughs> but yeah, no, a lot of countries will never come see you, um, thanks to our fear of flying. Yeah. So, thanks for being a um, fan from a distance. <laughs> please, come. you're welcome to come to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless by chance I can take a boat to get there. I ain't doing that either. You know what? Equally afraid. What? Really? Equally afraid. It doesn't bother me as much because I can swim. I cannot fly. If the plane goes down, there's nothing I can do. Fucking. Oh, yeah. I, I can't forgot. I the plane. I cannot physically jump out and flap my fucking arms and do anything <laughs> I forgot. I, I forgot. You know, yeah, you're a long-distance swimmer. You're just so fucking good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it would last a long time. <laughs> But I'll last a hell of a lot longer than I am going to be flapping my fucking arms in the air. <laughs> Weren't you the like the guy when we went to California that was like, don't go too deep, the undertow will fucking get well, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that takes out fucking guys bigger and stronger than me, fucking. So yeah, yeah, I worry about that, but. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I'm sure you'll have no fear of the middle of the ocean with, oh, yeah, with no. a bunch of other people screaming as they're dying. Well, see, that's, you got to keep in mind there, too. you got to swim fast away from the boat because that will create an undertow as it's sinking. So if you happen to be in a sinking ship right now, as you're listening, here's a helpful tip. <laughs> I Get don't out. care who that you came with. You swim the fuck away from that boat and you fucking hope that they make it. Don't wait for anybody. You do that, and you're going. You're going to get sucked down. <laughs> if you're listening to this as the boat's going down, thank you. <laughs> you know, goddamn you're it. A it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say, I don't think you're gonna get through the whole Wayne interview. <laughs> it, and while you're on your way out, go and buy his damn book yeah. on Amazon. What are you holding on to the money yeah. for? Uh, buy a bunch of them. Skip ahead now and get, listen to a little bit before you <laughs> sink. <laughs> Come on. It was a fun chat. Uh, yeah, wouldn't you feel bad? Somebody was like, oh, yeah, we pulled a body out of a car. And they were listening to your podcast. <laughs> My mother was on a carnival cruise ship, just saying. <laughs> she was a huge fan. <laughs> we were able to retrieve her phone. <laughs> Had your guys' podcast pulled up at the time, you dicks. <laughs> she didn't swim fast enough. <laughs> Boat took her down. Yeah, god damn it. So anyway, the moral of the story is January 12th, 1867. It's gonna be a good time, um, and and be a good swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> if you take anything else away from this, good for you. But and buy Wayne's book. Yeah. 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 Do that. It's good. Good book. Don't make it all about you and the boat. All right. Well, this is really about Wayne and his book. <laughs> yeah. Makes a great gift. So you know, just in time here. Hurry up, get it out. It's Amazon, you know, they're able to have it there in 30 seconds, so. Plus, I think that you can get an audio book, uh, um, the e-books, because those are pretty, like, you know, you get those kind of, like, right fucking now. Yeah. Oh, Amazon, yeah. They're a great company, yeah, though. Yeah. Thank you, Bezos. Yeah. Just making the world better every day. Yeah. <laughs> With his dick rockets and... <laughs> 
Whatever. If I got to make a rocket ship, yep. <laughs> I'd put hair on that bitch. <laughs> Why does it have eyelashes? <laughs> Let it burn up there fucking once you, you blaze that sucker off. Got me by the short and curly. <laughs> Does it smell like hair? Anybody <laughs> else smell burnt hair? <laughs> Alright, yeah, anyway, this is our interview with Wayne McFarlane. Come see us tonight at the Down Under, January 12th at the 1867. And uh, after that, I don't know, who knows, maybe we'll be yeah. doing birthday parties or something. Well, you know? Why not? That's, that's the dream. That's where... <laughs> <laughs> You uh, want us to come and make your kid cry and disappoint them for their yeah. birthday, fucking, because uh, we're not the clown that they ordered. <laughs> yeah, we do five and up. Uh, no toddlers. No. Nope. Don't work with babies. So, um, yeah, anyway. No, we're just kidding. Don't ask us to do that part. Um, you have no. to be at least over 18. You want us to play your birthday party? Don't ask me to ever play a birthday party. You want me to be a fucking asshole? Ask me to play your birthday party. I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Call Abigail Williams. They'll be there. Oh, wait. No, they won't. Because they don't show up anywhere on time. Even if they are being paid. Motherfuckers. Oh, now, now I'm mad. Now I'm mad. <laughs> all right, here's our interview with Wayne McFarland. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned for the the new year. A lot, year, lot of great things. stuff coming. A lot yep. of great stuff. Some, some new surprises for you folks coming. Yep. We're bringing sexy back. Oh, you better believe it. Wayne, are you there? Gentleman or gentleman, Danny, is that you? Yes, it's me. Dean is here too. How are you doing? How are you uh, doing? Are you kidding? If I was a city, I'd be Paris. You know, let's, uh, <laughs> this is going to be great. Let's do this thing. All right. That's great. If we were a city, we'd be Detroit. Broke. Constantly in the rebuild phase. <laughs> Lower Newark. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh so uh what are you up to today wayne how's your day going buddy are you kidding it's we're i'm in colorado it's beautiful out here there's no snow i think it's just going to be like autumn until june it's yeah uh, that's i i seen you guys weren't getting any snow yet really out there no nah, there's uh we got uh high fire danger and winds and you know it's a fa- it's really affecting things we're I'm in Colorado Springs, so we're right behind the mountains, and they're getting uh, tons of snow up there, which is good for the ski resorts. But down here in the flatland, not much. Well, yeah, see, we're just next door to you in Nebraska here, so. Nebraska, yeah. sand dunes, cranes, yes, corn. No <laughs> Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing desirable. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what you're into. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> I, I love Colorado. Colorado is kind of my home away from home. I uh, I enjoy going up there. You guys got some beautiful things there. Yeah, it's really a great state. We uh, moved here after we uh, sold out in L.A. because uh, we used to drive through here all the time to go to Yellowstone on our picture-taking excursions, which were mostly pictures of the inside of bars. Nice. So uh, were you in uh, photography then before you got into writing books? No, actually, uh, 
my uh, wife and I, who's my partner and also a companion of many a decade, and I uh, developed and ran a software company for a number of years in L.A. Yes, we're two of those people. And, uh, <laughs> and we uh, were the glory designed the products and people would say, what is it you do, Wayne? And I'd say, well, I saw my wife's brain, you know, we, <laughs> and we, we sold software all over the world and had a chance to sell out. So as they say in Nebraska, we lit a shock to Colorado. <laughs> Nice. Well, well, I see you didn't settle in Nebraska, so that was a good decision. You know, you you actually, settled right in the right spot. Yeah, actually, you know, we had tech support in a whole bunch of small towns in South Dakota, so we used to drive through Nebraska to go there all all the time. So it really worked out quite well. Uh, it's a very very flat. <laughs> it's boring to drive. Uh, you, you can say it, Wayne. There ain't shit to do here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm not gonna go that far, man. <laughs> but, uh, it's all right. Everybody else here knows it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you can get a damn fine house for not too much money in Nebraska. So I hear you guys are really with uh, remote working. You're. Uh, you know, really acquiring some population and some of the towns I see have deals where you move in and stick around for a couple of years and you can get a cheap house or 10 grand or whatever, which is really smart. Well, yeah, they, they, they got to pay people to move here. <laughs> yeah, well, it, hey. No, it, it is a good idea. It really is a good and innovative idea to to get new people in into the area and that honestly. Well, there's a lot to be said for it too. You know, we spent a lot of time in LA and and a lot of folks given the opportunity uh want to move to an area where they feel and correctly so there's less crime in a community that sort of smacks of how it used to be or I grew yeah. up in Minnesota and stuff. So there're a lot of people in tech that I know who picked up and moved to um, smaller towns, you know, a lot of times a little closer to metro areas, but towns maybe mm, five to fifteen thousand because they love the lifestyle. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. See that we came from a town like that, so we're more in the state right now where we're craving the city. <laughs> yeah. No. We're, uh, we're actually currently looking for property in LA, so yeah, yeah we're turning into them people. <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Well, I don't know what the property's going for uh, for now. It was really booming when we were left, and we were fortunate enough to be able to uh, uh, sell out there. So I don't know uh, what's happening there anymore, but I it's, think property values are high, aren't they? It's a much different market than in Omaha, I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. But on the other hand, you know, you moved to L.A., there's a lot happening in uh what you guys are doing and I was in uh, how we got into software was I was pretty heavily into radio and TV and back when rocks were soft, we started writing software to, you know, help control things. And it led us into what we ended up doing. And uh, one of the things that I hated to see was the demise of local and independent radio. They were, they were all bought up and eaten up by the big, 
very big broadcasters, as you know, and then it was all satellite feeds. And then came podcasts and you guys. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. You know, I really, uh, uh, I really think it's, it's just terrific uh, because we lost a lot when local creative broadcasters, well, I suppose you can't blame for selling out, but they, uh, what are there now? Like six major media companies. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's really it. And what was it? Reagan, uh, I think it was dropped the, uh, the rule where one group couldn't own more than a certain number of stations and newspapers. And so now you've got pe- folks who own God, dozens and dozens of them. So yeah. it, I suppose that's in some respects, not a bad thing, but in terms of molding opinion and things like that, it's, a, I think it's a bad thing for the country, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you don't ever have to worry about this show uh, directly being bought out by big media, mainly because they don't want to buy it. <laughs> so there's that. There's that. It's, it's not because we're not trying, Wayne. They just don't want to buy this. <laughs> I'll, I'll sleep better tonight. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, we can go to bed knowing we're not selling out over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know, guys. <laughs> Well, I, I definitely think that uh, one thing with podcasting now that it's it brought back that talk radio. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, I love it. I still listen to morning radio and that myself, you know, and as much as I love music, it's nice to have an alternative to something else to listen to when you're riding in the car. Well, it is. And, and you know, people who do talk radio and do what you're doing, um, you it takes a certain kind of you can't be a numbskull and do it. It just moves too fast. So it, it, you just never know what you're going to hear or be doing, which again, I think is pretty terrific. We lost a lot when they started, uh, uh, you know, recording genres and shows and then beaming them up. and local radio would just put in their call letters or whatever. And, and, and I think we lost a lot, lost a lot of talent. Yeah, those those DJ personalities aren't as uh, relevant anymore as they used to be. Yeah, yeah, well put. Well, there's a lot fewer of them, except yeah. in podcasts, you know. And there there are folks who have started things like you guys have started things and uh, uh, are really popular now, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. That's when they'll come knocking on your door. Yeah, we just need we need some of them and uh, endorsements like Joe Rogan has. That's a problem. We need, uh, yeah, <laughs> we need some of them funky vitamin companies knocking at our door, and then we'll have it. Yeah, that's it. You know, or or sell weed. You know. Yeah, you know that's always a good. Hey, too. hey, Wayne. You know, don't don't be narking on what we do on the side here to pay the bills. You, know? <laughs> you got to remember, it ain't legal here. You know? Oh, oh, it's not in Nebraska. Yet, no, really. we're we're no. bummers. Uh, you didn't hear about our governor suing your governor for the legalization a few years back. It had been a while back now. No, I I hadn't heard that. Uh, oh, it it got it got laughed right out. But yeah, he he wanted to because it, he was claiming that it was upping the. Uh, marijuana use in our state no no are you serious really uh, yeah, yeah. That probably got thrown out 
so fast. Which is total oh. BS, Wayne, because I smoke everything I have right before I get to the border. <laughs> <laughs> Just to follow the rules here, you know? Uh, that's that's great. Well, <laughs> Colorado has been a driving force in the legalization. You know, the other states look at it. And last year, I think, I know Colorado got over $300 million in taxes on on weed. Wow. And I believe it was pushing five hundred thousand. Now you start getting up into those numbers, half a billion dollars. I mean, that overcomes a lot of supposedly moral objections, right? <laughs> it fills a lot of potholes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does that. And um, Colorado hasn't seemed to suffer anything from it. I haven't seen any, you know, figures from traffic accidents or stuff like that. But uh, uh, we haven't really seen anything except they've made a lot of money. Something to be said for that. That and the lines yeah. at the drive-thru have gotten a little longer, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, exactly. You know, fast food is taking a big surge. <laughs> do, do you enjoy marijuana weighing yourself? Well, I tell you, you know, back again when – Long, long, long ago, and far, and far, far away, uh, like the line in uh, "Romance in the Stone," where the heroine said, "Hey, I went to college," you know. And as, yeah, uh, uh, yeah when I was in college, we we experimented uh, around with it quite a bit. And yes, I did inhale. And um, <laughs> what uh, what I've found recently with the uh, the the legalization of it. The uh, stuff has been, um, I don't think modified is the term, kind of a Monsanto approach where it's really strong. I mean, so strong that, that uh, uh, I'd say I don't really in, enjoy it. That may sound a little weird, but, uh, you know, they, they uh, with the knowledge of genetics and plants and concentrating uh, the, the, uh, you know the chemicals in weed it's gotten to the point where just blow your head off you know oh yeah they, <laughs> so, yeah they they make some pretty uh strong stuff <laughs> oh yeah there's there's just no comparison so uh, so to answer your question anymore i just say hey something little white dry wine or or a, a good bourbon and i'm i'm pretty happy yeah, nice. We can always appreciate a good bourbon. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to be angry on bourbon unless you're my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, leave the house or the beatings will commence. Right. <laughs> so let's get to your book, Wayne. Uh, Tales from the day. Yes. Yes. How yes. did this come to be? Well, you know, when we sold our company, um. I, I've always loved to read and I've loved memoirs and fees and stuff. So I really kind of went on a jag where I was reading memoirs and you know, I got to tell you guys, most of them really suck. <laughs> I, I, I was shocked and they all kind of followed unless you're um, Oprah Winfrey or something. They all follow the same kind of pattern, which is I gazed to the horizon and I looked and I said, there lies my destiny. <laughs> and it, it doesn't happen like that. It, it, you know, you, you, your destiny comes from falling into a swamp and 
trying to get away from the alligators, you know? So I thought, you know, I'm going to write a memoir that consists of crap like the day my business was trashed by a worm or the day we pitched the loan shark. And <laughs> because that's, that's how it happens. You're just going along. It's like, you guys, you don't know where you're going to end up. If somebody had pulled up the curb to you five years ago or a few years back and said, what do you think you'll be doing in 2021? I would venture to guess you wouldn't have said this, you know, that's, hey. the, way that, that's the way that it happens. So, Anyway, I put the book together, and it was multiple chapters, each one of which was, I like to think, a standalone. And, oh, I got a lot of crap from a number of publishers. No, no, you can't do this. You've got to have a narrative arc where you start out by getting cancer or or <laughs> getting, getting in a knife fight, and then you recover, and life is good, and blah, blah. And I said, eh, well, maybe... Uh, it doesn't happen like that. So <laughs> found a publisher and we put it out there. And then I was getting the old, oh, oh, what a perceptive guy. The small chapters in this 256 character world were, were perfect. And I thought, you know, one day you're a bum and the next day you're a hero, you know, and it's all the same thing. So that's how it came about to answer your question. Really, it came about from my getting kind of offended at people who wrote memoirs and biographies and, and tried to make it look like, you know, everything was predictable and was under their control and a matter of their own decisions. And that ain't, ain't how it works. And there's other kinds of memoirs out there that are things like, yeah, we used to put roller skates on our shoes with a skate key and leave our bikes on the lawn. And no one cares. No one cares about that. I don't yeah, care. That's, you know? that's not such a unique experience, really. <laughs> yeah. And who wants, to, who wants to hear about it? You know, I used to play kick the can until the sun went down. Well, whoop, what are you do? You know, I mean, so, so there was that too. Uh, so that, that kind of generated it and I had great fun with it and we've made a couple of bucks. So there you go. Well, that, that's definitely one thing that uh, attracted us to wanting to talk with you is, you know, looking through the the chapters and that, you know, as you said, like, we're not huge readers ourselves, if you can believe it. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but your the name of these chapters, they they're fun. They sound interesting right away. They it seems like something that you could pick up and just kind of scroll and decide, hey, I just want to read this chapter. You don't have to read the one before it to know what's going on. Um it, it just, it, it looks interesting. It, it seems like something that, you know, if, if I were gonna, that I would actually read through and, and pick out some of these chapters and that, you know, these would be a fun read. One of the, uh, the folks I work with said, you know what you came up with? I said, no, what? So the perfect bathroom book, you go in and, and <laughs> take a dump and you can read one of your chapters. I thought, is that a, I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure. So <laughs> <laughs> so, that's where the majority of reading is done in america now so <laughs> I, I think you're i think you're exactly right and uh, you know to you and your listeners it is the holiday season and you know you could order 30 or 40 books and send them to everybody you know could be great there you go now when you were going to all the publisher companies did anybody yeah. 
tell you, you know, you can't put out this book. You're not an actor. You're not a, you know, musician. Yeah. You, you hear that. And the thing, one of the things that, uh, that I found, which, you know, tell to aspiring folks is that, you know, the publishers and the same thing with agents, uh, and if, when the time comes for you guys to get an agent, is they specialize in certain areas. And uh, it may be that a publisher is a specialist in romance novels or light porn or history or whatever it is. And if you've written a cookbook, they ain't going to take you on. So, so to answer your question, it really, uh, part of it, a big part of it is finding folks to work with who work in your area because otherwise you know everybody talks about all the rejection slips they got which i you know have a basket full and most of them come from people who are they just don't represent works in your area that's not where they make your, their money so you can't blame them for for turning you down and yeah i got a lot of i got pushback not so much from folks saying i i think the subtext of your question is do a lot of publishers want somebody who's got already got legs, as they say, whose name is out there and, and, and maybe known or they're in an industry that people love. The answer is yes. I mean, if a publisher has to choose between dear kindly uncle Wayne and his tales from the day and uh, you know, and, and uh, Oprah Winfrey or somebody with a name, uh, they're uh, they're gonna go with somebody with a name because they're gonna sell more books. That's a pretty simple formula. Yeah, Mad maddening but simple. So uh, I heard a, so, a go, oh, I, heard, I heard an interview the other day from the drummer of the now the Foo Fighters. You know the rock band. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he, yeah, and it was a tremendous, tremendous interview. I would say of. Well, you know, your quality. And, uh, and he, you know, and he wrote his book and his memoir and sold umpity ump copies before it hit the hit Amazon and the bookstores because his name is out there. I mean, there's lots of folks who love them and, and him, very talented guy. So, yeah. So that's the tough part. If you're an author who hasn't been a mass murderer or, some other <laughs> it it can be tough. If you so, could go back, Wayne, would you kill somebody? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of a couple of critics I ran across. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. We give the book five stars, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we've hit on the new tack, you know. <laughs> Give my book a five-star review or I'll kill your dog. You, know? <laughs> you should yeah. put that on the cover. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that you can us on that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'll cheerfully steal your ideas and, and take all the credit. <laughs> so, uh, that's yeah. Cool. Uh, Dean and I kind of got an offer to to work in the book world here soon, uh, and oh. I don't know why because we we don't read and I can <laughs> barely write. But uh, our publicist thinks everybody should have a book. So uh, 
how do you go about writing a book? Where, where, do, where do you start <laughs> at, Wayne? Well, the where I started at was, you know, my, my retinue of really weird stories like the day Johnny Cash hit on my wife. Now that's a weird story. And, uh, and I, where I started is I just made a list of, you know, what I wanted to write about. And I had a number of things and each one became a chapter. I guess it depends on the kind of book that you're, uh, you're writing. Uh, you know, I don't know what your publicist wants you to do, but I, I just make money. then if i were you what i would do is write a book on creating a podcast and all the weirdness you've run across and what went into it a lot of folks want to know about that you know how they do it that's a popular area mine for example the area of memoirs is not a genre that uh millions of people uh breathlessly wait for the next publication but something like that might be a different deal, you know? So in regards to that, actually, with, with your book, I was curious, is there like a time in your life where you you cut the stories off? Or does this kind of go almost to present day? Well, you know, guys, if you're you're out there, that, that's a good, interesting question. I've been asked that. Uh, don't think I've been asked that before. If you're out there and unless you decide at some point in time to sit in a little room and you know, sample all the dope cook, you know, created in Colorado or grown in Colorado, if you're out there and your personality is such that you'll try stuff, the stories keep rolling in. Believe <laughs> me. Yeah. So, uh, and I think too, if you're out trying stuff like what you guys are doing, uh, you just, run into stuff i mean things come to you weird interviews or who knows and um so no there i never went out you know i left a little town in the midwest and i didn't leave there saying you know i want to uh have a story someday about when they tried to kill us in arkansas no (laughs) i just thought i i want to leave this little berg and go someplace where, where, you know, things are happening and you're in a field where things are happening. So did you grow up in Arkansas then originally? No, but my, um, I was shot in Arkansas. Uh, so (laughs) you're going to have to explain a little bit there, Wayne. I don't want to give too much of the book away, but (laughs) well, uh, there's a chapter there called the day they tried to kill us in Arkansas and this goes back before your guys' time, I suspect, but uh, back in the 60s when there was a movement called the Freedom Rider, where riders were a lot of college kids, most of whom were young and white, would go down and register voters in the Deep South. Mm-hmm. And three friends of mine and I, at the time I wasn't political, I became political after that. But we decided we wanted to go to New Orleans and get drunk. <laughs> so that was our motivation. So we were in Minnesota. So we all piled into my car and started heading south with, I don't know, six cases of beer. And and uh, we just drove nonstop. And one night uh, as we were driving through Arkansas, it was pitch black outside of a little town called Waldron, Arkansas, right across the border from Salisaw, Oklahoma. 
uh, a car pulled us over. Uh, they had big searchlights on there, but we all sat by the side of the road for a while. And we noticed there didn't no police lights, you know, colored lights. So we thought, ah, probably just some local boys giving us a hard time. So we started to pull away. I'm not fast. I mean, you know, just started to pull away. And they unloaded on us, uh, shot me and shot my companion in the back seat, and of course blew out the back window of the car. I think that was a shotgun. And um, by the time, because it kind of makes you loopy, you know. And by the time I, I can imagine, <laughs> yeah. By the time I looked out the back window, I could see little pinpricks of light coming from the car behind us, and they were shooting at us. <laughs> so, yeah. So we got to this little town, and what do what do good God fearing folks do after they've been shot? They call the police, right? So <laughs> down comes this sole policeman, and I swear to you guys. We told him what had happened. He looked over the car, which was riddled with bullet holes, you know. Um, and he said, oh, well, you boys have had a little trouble, you know. I mean, it was like a, it was like a bad movie. And he gets on the phone, and I swear to you, his side of the conversation was, yeah, I got some boys who have been shot up. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Pulled his gun, and he said, get in the, the cells right now. He locked us up. And um, that was the time when they killed those. I don't even if you get, know if you guys know about this, but they killed three um, freedom riders and buried them in a levee down there. And um, took us a week to get out of there. And uh, how we got out is a new jailer came on duty. And I, of course, lied my ass off and said, hey, the sheriff, who, by the way, was a guy by the name of Floyd, the brother of Pretty Boy Floyd, who was considered one of the greatest oh, really? bank robbers of all time. Yeah, his, yeah. Brother, his brother was sheriff. So, of course, um, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, that's right. It makes total sense, right? And <laughs> so, I told the new uh, trustee guy that we were uh, the sheriff had said that we could make a phone call. He didn't know any better, so he let me call. And uh, of course, my my folks and stuff and they were wild because nobody had heard from us and i had them write down the name of the jail and other information and said we we're in big trouble down here we've been all shot up and and the jailer do you know what a frog frog march is no <laughs> that's, that's that's where somebody stands behind you grabs your collar and then the top of your pants and pulls everything up so you got this huge wedgie and you can't <laughs> You can't do anything but walk forward, right? So he frog marched me back to the cell. <laughs> and um, I didn't know it, but, you know, it, did, it wasn't 20 minutes, you guys, until here comes the sheriff, all astonished. Why? You boys have been hurt. Get them down to the hospital. Get them checked out. It had been a week, right? So <laughs> they took some, and what had happened was uh, – my uh, my folks had called the local newspaper where I was working as a, a, a cub and, uh, and then called our college and called everybody and their dog. And suddenly this little jail, the phone started ringing. And, um, you know, the media, because it was a big deal. And then a call came through from the governor of Minnesota. And as it turns out, the president of our college who I'd met only briefly. His buddy was the governor of Minnesota, and he 
without knowing, they were saying we'd done all kinds of stuff, you know, and without knowing whether or not we actually had done anything, he had the governor call there and say, we know you've got those guys there. And if they get hurt, we know where they are and we know where you are and we'll shine a light on this thing. Oh man, our treatment got better Wow, uh, overnight. Yeah. And later, the, kind of the punchline, I guess, of the story is it, it really bothered me. I mean, I was really a lot younger, but even I knew the president of the college had really stuck his neck out. Can you imagine the political capital he expended doing that? So I asked for a meeting with him, and uh, and I basically thanked him, and I said, you know, I got to ask you, why did you do it? You didn't know if we had really done what they said, they said we had a gunfight with police and all kinds of stuff. And, um, and I expected him to start mouthing some platitudes. Well, you seem like fine young men or something, but instead he walked over to the window and he started talking and he talked about how his mother, who was the lead contralto in the Frankfurt opera was murdered by the Nazis along with his whole family. And he said, I swore to myself that I would never stand by. And that's the reason I think we weren't killed down there. Really? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was quite a, quite a, quite a moment. And, uh, but I will tell you guys, you know, I got, uh, uh, if you ever want the greatest pickup line in the whole world, when I got back to town, you know, the pickup line of, Hey, you want to come see the bullet holes in my car? Oh, I mean, it's, it's a beauty. You know, really, it's great. So, <laughs> so you know, after a while, the bullet holes got rusty, but I'd, I'd sand them so that all always look new. You know. <laughs> so what so, did you do with that car? Did you eventually sell that? or? Yeah, I, I eventually did. Hung on to it for quite a while. <laughs> drive around town in this shot up car, you know, like, like Clyde out of Bonnie and Clyde. And, uh, but after a while, <laughs> poor thing was <laughs> got to be such a rattle trap. I filled in the holes with putty and painted over them and sold the car. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, did you, did you pass that tip on to the next, next guy in there? <laughs> no, I, uh, you don't want to get rid of these bullet holes. This actually ups the value of this car. <laughs> That's right. You'll never buy a drink again in your life. <laughs> but uh so, most of the stories in my book i'm told are light and funny but that one is not light and funny so and, how how I, without going into too much detail because i don't want to give too much away uh about the book but how did you meet johnny cash or where did you meet him well I, we i got involved right before as we were starting our software company uh was when Lasers first were introduced and Star Wars had hit and everything. And we were doing uh, manufacturing shows, you know, selling shingles and things like that with presentations involving a laser and a guy saw it and came to us and asked if we'd do something at an amusement park where a guy, another guy saw it, who was a country music impresario who had all these big clients and hired us to do a laser thing to open the country music awards <laughs> in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can you believe it? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And this is one of those things I talked to you about where you just kind of stumble into stuff. 
So he said, you ever done any entertainment shows? What do you think I said? Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Tons Never of them. <laughs> yeah. Man, I entertain the goldfish at home. It's great. <laughs> so, so we did our bit uh, at the uh, at the show, and it was kind of a disaster, you know. But when it was over, uh, I had flown my uh, my wife in, who was an academic, she's getting her doctorate, so not exactly involved in the entertainment industry, and. Um, I headed for the backstage bar and she said she'd want to stay and watch the show from the, from the wings. And I came out and here's this huge crowd of people standing around and a guy in the middle of the circle, tall guy in black clothes and my wife. I <laughs> and I thought, what the hell, you know, is going on here? And pretty soon everybody walked away and I went over to Gloria. That's my wife. And I said, what did he say to you? And she just looked at me and said, oh, just a lot of nonsense. And, you know, <laughs> guys, she never told me what he said. And I'm convinced that I'm going to be laying on my deathbed and she'll come in and say, now I'll tell you what he said. So, <laughs> so anyway, I'm kind of blinking at her. And I said, do you know who that was? And don't mind you, she's getting her doctorate in molecular biology. She looked at me and she said, no, who's that? And I said, that was Johnny Cash. And she kind of paused for a minute and looked me straight in the eye seriously and said, who's Johnny Cash? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was that. So yes. he, I never knew him well. He seemed like a pretty good guy. He was married to June Carter Cash at the time. And rumors so were. She had no idea who she was talking to, though, huh? No, didn't have a clue. <laughs> Just some. That's great big tall dude dressed in black you know so it's just some dude trying to hit on her <laughs> yeah and we had another experience here i didn't write up but there is an entertainer who is going to remain nameless you probably don't know him anymore anyway but nonetheless his manager was uh watching us do our thing with the lasers and he was carrying a bowling bag you know one of these plastic bowling bags you usually have a bowling ball yep. in the, and we went to take a walk, take a break before the show started. And he's carrying his bowling bag. And I'm a very discreet guy. I said, so what the hell is it with you in the bowling bag? <laughs> and he, and he kind of looked at me for a minute and I thought, geez, maybe he's going to smack me one, you know? <laughs> and, and he, he unzipped the bag and it was stuffed full of money. I mean, I don't know how much was in there, but it was stuffed to the brim. And I kind of looked at him and my production manager was with me and we were both looking at him and looking in the bag and, and his explanation was, well, this artist likes a lot of walking around money. And this artist two months later was killed in a plane crash where the plane caught on fire. And the rumor was the pilots made it out badly burned, crashed in Texas. And the rumor was that they were freebasing in the back. Uh, the National Transportation Board said it was a faulty heater, so you can pick your poison on that one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a different experience, all because I lied my ass off and said we were involved <laughs> in entertainment. You know, there you go. <laughs> so how many stories uh, did you end up cutting from the book? Uh, that That's... 
Now, that's a good question. There's probably, you know, I did the ones that I have, and then I was getting some pressure to write another book, and I started doing it. And, you know, there are people who can create things out of whole cloth, and they're really good at it. I'm not good at it. And I started writing up some other stories, and I thought, you know, these really suck. wants to to read about the the stuff I was pushing it, you know? So I, I, I never did anymore. I stopped at 27 and that's what's in the book. And, and that's probably where it's going to stay. <laughs> we, there's actually rumors of a movie, but I told my wife, I said, look, just keep watching for the flying pig. Cause that's going <laughs> to bring our movie contract. <laughs> <laughs> so haven't seen that little porker flapping around here yet, but you never know. Oh, uh, you know, I definitely think you could sell it as a, a good, you know, uh, um, comedy drama, yeah. and that that would, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it definitely. I'd go watch it. <laughs> there you go. So you how did what? you uh, how did you end so, up doing the cover art to this? I think the. Uh, just like the the photo of you, who who did the picture there? Yeah, that 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 was professionally done. That was that was a uh, a, a person, a company that does that sort of stuff. And I had proposed a different kind of cover, and then they produced that one. And it's it's a uh, it's it's a direct ripoff of a picture of Hunter Thompson, who is the Gonzo journalist. Yep, and and. You know, he killed himself and had his ashes shot into the sky in fireworks. And I looked at the picture and I thought, again, I'm not sure if I'm complimented or I've been insulted here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> to answer your question, that was a, a professional outfit who designed, you know, they designed book covers and try and tie them in the content. And it turns out it, it really uh, served me well. So that was good. So there was one other chapter with, again, you know, we don't want to give too much of the book away. We want people to, to go buy this book, read it. Um, but there was one I, I had to ask about um, the day we blew the rock in Malibu. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're going to have to explain well, that just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The truncated story was my, my wife and I built a, uh, <laughs> built a house in Malibu, bought some land up in the mountain, built, built a house. And the regulations, when you look in the dictionary under the word anal, you'll see the bureaucracy of California. Uh, <laughs> and so we're building this place, and and it's really a long story, but a lot of uproar from neighbors, and it's very expensive. And, and one day, uh, <laughs> a bureaucrat showed up. Said, hey, seems like it's going well. Uh, are, are your uh, septic uh, holes going to perk? And I looked and I said, what the f are you talking about? And it turns out he re they require a new requirement. You know, you know ex post facto that made it retroactive, right? Um, was that to have a house there in the in the mountains? of the size we were building, the requirement was to dig two five-foot-wide, 
30 foot deep holes in the rock to take, you know, septic material. Now, guys, you could have had the whole army of Nicaragua crapping into those holes and they wouldn't have filled them up 10%. You know, it's a huge volume. And um, so at great expense and agony, we drilled the holes and then they wanted to check them to make sure they perked, which was the water would run down through the, through the holes, maybe into the water table. I don't know. And, <laughs> and the engineer came up and said, well, I got good news and bad news. And I said, what is it? He said, well, the bad news is they don't perk at all, which they had to drain at a certain level uh, so we could occupy our house. The good news is you got two swimming pools for snakes, big comedian, right? So I said to him, can't we just dynamite him? You know, just dynamite the rock at the bottom and maybe it'll crack it. He said, oh, no, 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 no. That's against tons of regulations, California. You got to have permits and you got to have this and that. And he could see I was about ready to jump off the mountain and kill myself. <laughs> and he said, I'm a licensed engineer. I cannot advise you to do anything. So if I wasn't a licensed engineer, I'd have you call this guy. And he gave me this old greasy <laughs> Yeah. And so I called a guy. And it turns out he was an irascible guy. had been around the mountain of California for years and had the only uh dynamite storage area allowed in that whole part of California. And he hated bureaucrats. So I got a hold of him on the phone. He started shouting at me and I told him why I was calling. And he said, I'm coming out there. <laughs> so he, he shows up in a rattle trap, old truck and a, an assistant who was a, 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 a sapper a Vietnam vet. And they rappelled down those holes. And he said, I'm not going to dynamite them. I'm going to fertilize them. And I said, fertilizer. And yeah, he said, you just drill, you know, like wagon wheel spokes at the bottom of the hole and then stuff nitrous oxide into them. And then that's very explosive. And then set, set it off. <laughs> and so, and I don't know how many laws we violated, but we had everything at stake, my wife and I. Everything we had was tied up there. And unless we solved that problem, it would be a dead loss. We'd be done. And he said, should I blow it? I said, fertilize those holes, pal. Let's do this. <laughs> and he said, you know, you probably need to do some Christmas shopping. He said, why don't you go away? And uh, we did. And and not too long later, we went back down there. And this guy was laughing his ass off. Apparently, they set off the charges, which went off in kind of sequence. And it brought some neighbors out who hated the fact we were building because they used to picnic on the land, which they should have bought if they wanted to do that. And he was laughing and he said, yeah, your neighbors came over and they were shouting, what's that? What's that? As the charges are going off. And I said, what'd you say? And he said, what's what? He said, I just looked at him and said, I don't, what are you talking about? And right then we could see helicopter, a helicopter coming up, a police helicopter and up the road with coming fire trucks and police cars and, oh. and stuff. And the guy, the old guy who was the really solved our problem. He said, well, I got to run. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he drove down a hill and, and up came all the authorities and they looked around and they, you know, a little bit of smoke in the air and stuff. And finally that the head cop, looked at me and he says, I know what you did. 
said, you, ever do he said, you ever do something like this again? I'm going to have your ass in jail. I'll think of something. But he said, I guess I can't make you put the rock back. <laughs> so they left. And I got to tell you guys, those holes after they were blown perked like water down a pipe. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> So, he really knew what he was doing, huh? Oh, yeah. He was famous. I think he's gone now, but he was famous in the area. There was a whole canyon in uh, California, in Southern California, named after his family because they'd been there, geez, I don't know, five generations or something. And, um, yeah, he was quite a, quite a character. I mean, really. And Are you able to tell us who he is? Um, I think so. He's, I know he's passed away now. His name was Jimmy Decker. And if you look at a map of California, you'll still see Decker Canyon out there. Okay. And yeah. And it, they own the whole thing and his place kind of this ramshackle place. I went to one time, they had the powder magazine, you know, a little bit down the hill and his place was right at the top of the mountain. I mean, when he passed, they probably sold that thing for, you know, more money than the, the the national output of Costa Rica. I mean, that place was, scenery was beautiful, 360 degree view. But when you own the whole mountain, I guess you pick the best spot, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So real quick, before we get off here, Wayne, where can people go to buy the book? Oh, bless you, my son. Amazon.com because Jeff Bezos needs the money. Yes. Support Jeff. <laughs> Jeff yep. So just type in Tales from the Day and my name, Wayne McFarland, and it'll pop right up with me looking grim into the distance. <laughs> like my underwear is bunched, you know? So, so yeah, Amazon.com, best place to get it. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, is, is there a book in the works for the future? Yeah, you know, I've gotten kind of interested in uh, historical novels, you know, something based on uh, actual fact, but you kind of make up the characters and stuff. And I came to find out one day that my grandfather was heavily involved with stealing a courthouse and moving it into their town so the railroad would come through there. And quite a story, I understand. And a lot of room to uh, <laughs> to invent stuff, I guess. So I'm kind of thinking seriously about that. Nice, very cool. Yeah. Um, real quick, I, I had one other question I wanted to ask you. So if they did make a movie, who would you want to play you? Well, who else but Brad Pitt? We look like twins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking that when I was looking at the cover. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God, you guys! And um, I one other one that I wanted to ask. Uh, since again, we're not strong readers, uh, is there an audio book available? Yes, there is. In fact, um, there the audio book is short, eight chapters, which I am now doing over the holiday. So, if somebody wants to buy an audio book, wait till like January-ish, and then all the because I did the original book, and you'd ask that only had uh, like nineteen chapters. And then I was asked to do the second book and I wrote the other eight chapters and then I was done. So I added them to the first book and, uh, but I had done an audio book and we had to add it to the audio book. So I'm going to be doing that over the holidays and should be done. 
All right, cool. So, so you did your own audio book as well, then? Yeah, I narrated it. Uh, now, did they give you the option to have somebody else read it? Did you want to do it, or? Well, that that's a little involved question. Uh, you know, doing it as it turns out, buyers, according to studies, I don't know this for a fact, but um, like to have audiobooks that are narrated by the other. And um, so I thought, well, I didn't do it. Uh, but it's a lot, you guys know, it's a lot of work. You know, when you do narration, then you've got editing and you got all that stuff. It, it's a lot of work. Um, to answer your question, if I could do it all over again, probably have somebody else do it just because of the the work involved but it's been it's been fun yeah uh re recording can definitely be tedious at times i uh yeah. i'm not a studio guy at all, so. <laughs> we're yeah. musicians ourselves so yeah, yeah we've been in the studio and it's i'm not a fan of that <laughs> everything everything's got to be perfect so <laughs> I, I like the live crowd you know that's what i <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about then. And you, you know, laying down tracks and doing editing and over and over and over and over again. And yeah, it, it's, you know, the studio experience is <laughs> a little more exciting than I like. Yeah, yeah. And Dean, uh, Dean's all excited when we're in there. And then it makes me want to strike him because <laughs> I'm like happy. <laughs> and, you know, I don't like to see other people happy. So. <laughs> 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 that's good yeah that's good all right where can people uh keep track of you wayne are you on social media yep uh best place is www.waynemcfarland.com and um i can be reached through there and try to keep it up to date so that's the best place to do it just go online and waynemcfarland.com and there you go. Could send me an email saying, "Hey, your book sucks." You know, stuff like. That. <laughs> Let's encourage the other side of that. Yeah, yeah get some good you. feedback. Yeah. We said it's five stars, so we're yeah. sticking to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, reviews have been kind so far, so I hope it keeps up. Awesome. Yeah, everybody, go to Amazon, buy the book. And Wayne, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, man. Guys, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for the shot. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'd love to have you back next year. Hey, anytime. Anytime. Awesome. Well, take, awesome. care. Well, take care. Happy anyway. holidays. Be safe, you buddy. Too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take right, bye -bye. care.